Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another fantastic night of Fandom Access. I am your ever-faithful host, AJ. Greetings and salutations. So, tonight, we've got the rest of Stranger Things, second episode of Miss Marvel, the fifth episode of Obi-Wan Kenobi, and I don't know what episode of Strange New Worlds it is, but, excuse me, we got that too. So, as soon as the ladies get here, we'll get crack-a-lackin'. Oh, look, and there's one of my lovely co-hosts now. Good evening, Karen. Hi, AJ. How are you? Good. How are you on this fine evening? I'm kind of of okay. And what is the first day of summer? Uh, So I just came home from the aquarium here in Baltimore, where I went to cephalopod night at the aquarium. Uh, so we basically, um, we saw like five short documentaries about octopuses and then there was like a guy from the aquarium and a couple of like, um, scientific researchers about aquariums who did like a, who talked and did Q and A for like an hour. Um, and it, it was sponsored by my local radio. Do you ever listen to this show called Science Friday on public radio on Fridays? The science show on NPR? Nope. Can't say so, anyway, Science Friday is doing a national tour of aquariums as well. And it was really cool. We learned all about octopuses and how smart they are and all kinds of cool stuff about them and this cool research that people are doing on them. And, yeah, that was, I nerded out tonight. It was cool. Sounds like fun. And we also, there was a guy who studies these things called mantis shrimp that I'm now going to have to Google because they sound amazing. Um. Uh, and they are very um, belligerent and fight a lot. And, um, yeah, they sound pretty cool. Anyway, that was my nerd night tonight. Uh, and so I've done, my, I've done the, the nerd thing, and now I'm ready to talk about popular culture with you guys. <laughs> All we need is a Jamie. As soon as we get Jamie. She should be here in a minute, I think. She, I don't know, she texted me earlier. She was saying about going for a swim. They have a pool. But um, I hope that she uh, didn't forget about us. Um, what to see? I guess we could start, I don't know, with some other stuff. But as soon as we start talking about other shows, she'll be here, right? Yeah, it's usually how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I guess we could start doing right? straight. Yep. We could start doing Strange New Worlds, and then if she pops in, we'll... Halt we'll it. just set it aside. All right. Oh, I heard a beep. I just heard a beep. Is that her? No, it's probably oh, me yeah. texting she to see if she... Oops, sorry. <laughs> Oops, I forgot. Be here in a minute. Oh. <laughs> All right. So she'll be in a sec. She's dialing yeah. in right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, I texted you there, and she her. responded with, Oops. <laughs> Sometimes the evening just gets away from you, right? Yeah. That's why I have an alarm set. I have an alarm. I have an alarm set yeah. for every Tuesday at quarter to ten, just in case, because shit happens. Oh, you're so good. You're so good. So while we're waiting for her tomorrow, I'm doing a little press advance. Oh, hey, Jamie. Hi, Jamie. We're just 
burning a little time, I was um, actually AJ that tomorrow is the advanced press screening of the new Flowers in the Attic movie on Lifetime, um, which yes. is the one that was, you, it's the one that was the prequel. It's called uh, AJ. You read all those books back in the day, right? As we all did. I um, did not. I did not either. <laughs> All right. Well, it's the book that was the prequel that before. Okay, so you know it's about this mother that lost her kids in the attic, and the movie is based on the book that's the prequel about how the mother came to be this person who puts her kids in the attic and why. It's called what's it called, Jamie? You have it handy. I don't have it handy. Flowers um, in the attic or something. I take it you heard back then. Uh, I didn't, but let me check my email because I was telling AJ I was at Octopus Night at the aquarium and I was like nerding out watching octopus documentaries and listening to octopus researchers talk at the aquarium tonight. Okay. It was awesome. Um, it's called, what's the name of that book? I don't know. People who were into flowers I'm in the attic. It's flowers. It's just Flood of Flowers in the Attic, the origin. But um, stupid me didn't realize I didn't RSVP early. So if you don't hear back. <laughs> yes, I did. I have a con. I have a confirmation in my oh, you email. Did. Okay, it's called Flowers in the Attic: The Origin, and there'll be the screening and then a Q and A with the with the talent, I guess. Um, a yeah. brief. Anyway, it's kind of cool. Those movies were like huge. Like when I was like, I don't know how old I was, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth grade, um, when those books came out, and they were like a huge like national bestseller thing. And then the movies were made later. And I think this book was written by, like, the daughter of the original author or something. I'm not sure if V.C. Andrews wrote The the Origin. I'm not really sure. Um, because I, I don't know. Books, I don't like, I read I didn't books, know anything like, about them. I mean, I've heard it. Like, it's not – the title's familiar, but that's about as far as it goes. <laughs> Sorry. I read these the original books probably, like, 35 years ago, 45 years ago, oh, wow. right? 40 years ago. Yeah. I was like, um, <laughs> five? <laughs> yeah. All right. So anyway, uh, that's, that's my time killer, filling in with that while we waited for you. Welcome, Jamie. Hi. Welcome. Or thanks. Um, I was, the other thing I was going to say is I, um, I have press tomorrow for Moonhaven. Um, starting tomorrow, I have uh, one of the interviews. Um with, uh, I don't want to say wrong, Kadeem, he uh, is, I have not got, I got to finish watching the, the screeners thing, but um, I have that tomorrow and I'm trying to get hopefully some of the other cast because um, obviously would like to talk to Dominic Monaghan for obvious reasons. We'll see how that goes, but because uh, he's doing a audio podcast book on tape type thing too. So, um, so we'll see, but, um, but anyway, Moonhaven's coming out. I've seen the I've seen the premiere so far. It's it's different. I like it. But um yeah, cool. So that's my week. All right. Great. Uh, so shall we so. wanna jump right into Stranger Things, you guys? Yeah. Sounds good to me. It up. All right, so I when like we left that. off last week, Jamie had gotten to the part where Eleven had entered the Nina project to try to get her powers back and was reliving mm-hmm. memories of the original project at Hawkins. And mm-hmm. I think we had not really gotten to understanding what happened there. And meantime, the boys had just gotten the phone number to try to call them to figure out the Nina project. Right. And, 
and also Hopper was still in the Russian jail. Yeah. Yes. And Somewhere after we right. got off the and podcast then, last week, Jamie tried to spoil herself. <laughs> I've tried to what? Spoil tried yourself. to spoil yourself. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, when I was asking about it. That yeah. was so funny. And then funny. done, I went and watched the rest of it. Well, I didn't know. When I was at, you mean how I was asking about uh, Jamie Bauer, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. I was just—I didn't mean anything to do with spoiler. I meant like I knew he was inside that suit because I had um, read it online accidentally, but I didn't know if it was the same character. And it just suddenly occurred to me that maybe there was a reason he also played himself. So that's why he played Vecna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I—I just thought I was more of the the mind of he played the bad guy, and they gave him a part to show his face, and I didn't really. I don't know. At first, didn't connect it until I asked you, but right. if I didn't know who he and was, so, I probably wouldn't have even asked. And so after the podcast, you pretty much powered through it and watched like watched it all pretty quickly after that. It. Like it's like a week now since you've yep. seen it. Um, yeah, yeah. So, I, all right. So now we can all talk about what happened and how we all. I have I have feelings about where the Vecna, Victor Creel, Jamie Bauer orderly one where all that storyline went I have like I had a reaction right away to it um and then the rest of it I don't know who would like to I'll hold on to that for a minute I'm processing it again all right I'll I'll, uh I I thought it was a pretty good twist I, I mean I figured out as I'm sure you ladies did too um that the orderly was number one and I thought that was pretty obvious mm-hmm. from the jump um uh, about halfway, I want to say about halfway through the finale. Actually, no. Before we watch the final episode, Artie started saying, you know, Vecna has telekinetic powers. I wonder if he's one, like, if one of the kids survived and he's one of, you know, one of the kids is actually Vecna. And I was like, I was like, no, that wouldn't work because Vecna's been around since the 50s and that just doesn't make any sense. And then about halfway through the finale, he was like, what if, you know, one is Vecna? And I was like, that doesn't work. I was like, I was like, same reason. I was like, the 50s. I was like, there's no way, you know, I was like, this person doesn't look old enough. You know, so I'm like, I'm like, he's just, I was like, there's just no way. I was like, based on his age. I was like, he is not in his 30s. There's just, I was like, or he's a really young looking 30. Um, and then coming to find out that the, that the, uh, the, the origin story there, with, uh, at the Creel House was 1959. I, I forgot what year it was. So I was right. It was the 50s. It was just the last year of the 50s. So then the math made sense. And uh, yeah, But he was like 10 yeah, years old. He had to be born in like them, 49. So. He had to be born in like 49. Right. Right? So the math, like, yeah, so the math got nine, a, 10, 12. Once I found out, yeah. Well, yeah, that was exactly exactly it. So the math got a little bit better after I realized it was, you know, that the whole thing was in 59. Um, so yeah, personally, I like the whole, um, twist of it, you know, it, and it makes sense too, um, that, you know, it explains why Vecna seems, you know, it, it, it makes sense why everybody, all the creatures in the, uh, upside down are so hardcore going after L, um, now that we have this piece of knowledge and I saw online um, there's some people theorizing that Vecna has actually been around since season one. I think I, I sent you guys the link maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't remember. Yeah. 
you know, which I thought was a pretty, you know, and the way they have this whole thing mapped out, um, I've got to believe that it's very possible that Beckett has been behind everything since the beginning, but it's just now coming to light for the viewers. But when you look back at certain things, it, you know, that stuff I sent you about Will makes sense because Will was protecting himself. He kept singing that song to himself and mm. things kind of make well, he's the, a little more sense. Well, we know sense. now, what, though, too, that he's the big bad rather than working for the right. other thing, which was what they implied. Uh, that's not, no, well, that's yeah. not clear to me well, yet. Well, we don't no. know that yet. We, we don't know that yet. I mean, Dusty could still well, be I right about that. I guess it's not it, it could be, you know, the, the mind, yeah, the mind flare could still be the big bad. Um, as you know, so we don't know yet. We we're gonna have to, either the finale will give it to us, or next season, or you know. Um, the other we'll thing that, that we're out. unclear about, I think that we sort of disagreed about as well, is whether or not L sent him to the upside down, or whether she created the upside down when she imprisoned him. Was sort of the other thing that was not cleared up. Yeah, I I mean. Yeah, but- I guess it's possible she created it, but personally, I don't think she did. I think she just opened the gate, kind of how Vecna's opening gates from the other side. It is possible. It's hard to tell because they didn't go into detail. But um, Karen was right. The, the, what I was going to say is the main thing is Karen was right when she was saying, you know, early on that, you know, maybe she didn't kill those kids and that he, right. when he said, you know, what did you do? Which, yes, with, with what did you do, he could mean a couple different things. He could mean just that she took the thing out of his neck and caused everything. Um, so, yeah. But, yeah, I like yeah, I like how they ended it. Um, my favorite part of our podcast is when people, say, when people say Karen was right is my favorite part on our podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, it doesn't happen uh, often. <laughs> it happens, but, yeah, it doesn't happen. It happens sometimes. It happens sometimes. Um, I'm just kidding. Uh, but we did talk about that over text, the three of us, that, like, does, what does Brennan, yeah. what, when he says, what did you do, does he mean, oh, my God, you took the thing out of his neck, what have you done? Or does he just mean, like, what the hell is this gate, like, what am I looking at with the date, what did you do? Um, I theorize it could mean, what did you do, like, 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 you got rid of my favorite subject, number one. Like, I think I brought up on our text chat, like, why is he keeping number one there in the first place? Like, number one is so dangerous, and he's keeping one there with this chip in his neck, which is a little bit of, like, a bit of a, like, I'm like, oh, how does that happen in 1979? But he's keeping him there, but he's giving him a lot of freedom, a lot of, not a lot of authority, but he's got alone time with very powerful, like, the idea that one talked 11, tricked 11 into taking that thing out of his neck is, is pretty like, come on, Brenner, you didn't think of that when you allowed this super dangerous freak to, like, have unfettered access to all your kids. Like, what? Like, and more I don't know. And they, we discussed why couldn't you just take a knife and cut it out himself, which is the big stuff in the Oh, yeah. Why, yeah. why did you need to let yeah. him do that in the first place? Why couldn't you just get a steak knife and cut it right out of his own neck? Um, but, but, I don't know. Like, am I the only person thinking about that, or did you guys think about that a year? Like, why is Brenner even keeping – okay, I guess he can't kill him. I mean, he could. Brenner's horrible. But why is he not being kept in a cell? Why is one being given that level of freedom? Was one such a good actor that he's got Brenner snowed? I don't know. Like, to me, it seems like a supremely bad idea, right? 
I think that Brenner's just an idiot all around and is enjoying his experiments instead of doing what he should be doing. Um, I think that maybe you're giving him too much credit. Okay, fair. Um, fair. I, I might be giving I might be giving Brenner too much credit too. Um, but since we don't know his reasoning, and I don't, I really don't want to say because the script said so. Um, yeah. Perhaps Brenner, because he is such an, a, 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 an evil person, that he is, you know, he's kept, you know, he put the chip in his neck so that he can't perform any supernatural feats, and keeps him around to kind of rub his nose in it. Like, look, if you had been a good boy. Look what you could be doing right now, but no, you had to be a jerk and piss me off, and now you can't use your powers. You have to watch all these other kids use their powers. Yeah. Well, the fact of the matter is, though, he recreated it after he did that stuff. So regardless, the guy's kind of nuts and, and not good <laughs> for an easy way yeah. of saying it. Yeah. So, I, so... Basically, I mean, so Vecna, and we, so I really was not kind of, I'm not totally comfortable with the storyline that, that Henry, Henry Creel, is that his name, little kid? Um, Henry Creel, number know. one, be, becomes Vecna, Victor Creel's son. I think his name is Henry, right? Before he grows up to be number one in the orderly? I don't remember. Uh, I don't <laughs> remember right. either. All right, young Creel, Master Creel. Um, he, you know, I really found his storyline a little bit messy. The way he's like, like I, I read some some commentary I was reading reproduced his little speech where he's like, I found a nest of black widows, and they're the real predators, and humans are like, I'm like, what is this nonsense? Like, like it's completely yeah, nonsensical what he says, right? And this idea that he's a that he's okay. He's got powers, but to me, he's clearly a psychopath. Like we see that he that he kills oh, yeah. animals, right? And he's a complete psychopath. Um, and and his total story about like humans this and I'm fixing things and blah blah blah. His typical psychopath blah blah is, is I mean I guess it's just as insane as every other psychopath blah blah that we see. Maybe that's the point, right? That he's not. Uh, that he's just a messed up and like kind of evil person, but because he has powers. Uh, but the idea that he like, he like becomes, I just didn't like the way they did it, that he's Vecna. I guess partly because it leaves out like this. I mean, I guess the upside down has always had this sort of supernatural or other universe kind of aspect to it. And that he's like kind of a normal homegrown freak that he really only became Vecna I mean, he became Vecna on his own, but he became Vecna when when L threw him into the Upside Down also, right? Right. And I, I guess I just didn't yeah. really like the way it – I don't necessarily dislike that he became Vecna. I guess I just dislike – I don't know. If, I guess I was expecting more like Vecna possessed him or – I don't know. I just didn't really love the, the way it all came like we assumed. Yeah. I didn't love yeah. the way it all came together with his – with his his speeches about human, like, I don't know. Like, it, it just felt like he makes this speech, but it felt inauthentic to me the way the kid became this person. And and it started out as, like, a haunted house story, but it turns out that this kid has his own 
I don't know. He's really a psychopath. It's really, to me, what it, it's clear to me that he's got, like, major psychological problems that put him in this position, oh, yeah. right? And and not so much, I, I don't know. I didn't really love the way that all went. Um, I do like the idea that L. To me, I don't think L created the upside down. I also think L opened a gate to the upside down. Um, to AJ's point, that Vecna can create on gates on his side, and also like Hawkins is not the only gate. There's a like. Do we think there's a gate in Russia? There's a gate in Russia, yeah, right? How, yeah, that's that's. I don't how know. The that's where, got where every murder is. So like they didn't ship that. Right. They didn't ship that Demogorgon from Hawkins to no. Russia. Like there's a gate in Russia, um, which L didn't create, unless somehow that accidentally happened as a side effect or somehow, right? Like, um, but I do kind of like the idea. That, no, no, I don't even remember like, why they were in Russia. To be honest, so. I, I do like the idea that by that by L's rage opening the gate and and casting number one into the void like that she she unwittingly created that now i do kind of like that storyline twist um i I like that there is a serious serious um consequence to her being unable to control her powers uh, on a level that we never really understood before right i really i love that um i don't are you guys as creeped out as I am by all the kids calling Brenner Papa all the time? Yes. yes. Like, I forgot how much that bothered me when I saw it in the past. That's, like, super creepy, Papa. right? Papa. <laughs> yeah, and she falls creepy. back into it. Like, Ella's holding his hand and calling him Papa. By yeah. Right? Yeah, I'm sorry, bad he... because that other one tricked her into that, and it's like he, Paul Reiser's character seems to be good, but I guess he knows they need her to get her powers back, no matter the the risk. But it's kind of like horrible. But yeah, it's yeah, I'm 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 conflicted with Owens too. However, I do like seeing that. I like seeing him conflicted though. At least he's not just like, well, you said you were going to help and deal with it. You know, I like I do like the fact that he, you know, he's constantly questioning Brenner. You know. Mhm. So it, yeah. it, it shows that yeah. he's, he's got a little bit more soul than Brenner does. Yeah. My only thing you know, is, I wonder if maybe they should have left Brenner out of the season a little more ahead of time. Because I think the fact that they kept showing flashbacks, you like knew he was coming. Like, there was no reason for them to be showing him if he wasn't yeah. going to show up. That's not, see, that's not true because those flashbacks could have just been completely L-driven, you know? And you need Brenner in those flashbacks for L. Doesn't mean he had to come, you know, to be in the current time. I mean, I, until he actually, until about two seconds before he appeared, I hadn't even considered that he was still around until, you know, all of a sudden I see what Owens is doing, and I was like, uh oh. <laughs> I guess I, I, I really like that twist also. I really like that, you know, Owens is like, okay, I'm coming out of my, like, retirement or whatever, I'm going to help L. L, please trust me, please believe me, and she does, and he takes her to the Nina Project, and he never, like, he purposely never tells her that Brenner's going to be there because obviously she wouldn't go. Of course like, not. he's lying to her. I know, I know, of course not, but I, I, I thought it was a really poignant <laughs> kind of a twist. It was very poignant yeah. from, from, like, Elspert, right, that he, like, 
mm-hmm. trying to do what's right and help her get her to get her to get her powers back. But he's got to bring her to a person who tortured her and is going to torture her again, basically, in order to get her powers back. Right? Like I. Yeah, but he seems at the same time though. He seems to not. Okay, don't get me wrong. Bender's bad and crazy. I'm not saying he's not. But he seems to not want to 100% hurt her, the fact that he's making her go through all all the stuff. Because it isn't until the very end that he, like, jumps through and skips everything of all, all the different memories. And he's like, you need yes. this now. You know, like, he didn't really want to do that, which surprised me. Yep. Yeah, but, yeah, but I think you're missing why. Because they're running out of time, so he skipped to the end. They didn't have time. Okay. He had a, he, in a way, it's worse. Because now he's he's just throwing it at her, you know. But there's 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 but no redeeming quality in front of her. He could have. He didn't have to like do it slowly. I guess is my uh, point. He chose to. But then I think he does have to do it slowly. Too fast. Yeah, he might have just thought it wouldn't work. I mean, I think they need to bring her along in a, in a, some kind of fashion that will. Yeah, exactly. I don't. I I I also don't see redeeming quality in Brenner. Except, except oh, yeah. we he always say we always say that the bad guy thinks he's not the bad guy. He thinks he's a good guy, but Brenner yeah. really, I think, is driven by I don't know, he's driven by, like ego, power. Like it's not really clear what drives Brenner, but it's not the children's best. Like he obviously is like experiment, like he's experimenting on children. Like there's it's really hubris. not much of an excuse for that, right? Yeah, hubris, good, AJ. Yes. Mm. So in the whole rest of the show, we have um, we have our two groups of kids. Like, okay, the boys speeding across the desert to try to get to L. That kind of really didn't go anywhere since our last conversation, right? Like the boys don't get there by the time it's over, right? Like no. the boys still haven't gotten to the Nina project. The boys are spinning their wheels a little bit. They're, they're well, really they're sure. closer now that they now now that they're with uh, what's her face. They're closer, but. And that was fun, right? That was a fun sequence when they go to Dustin's girlfriend and she's got this, like, crazy family. Yeah. and like, But it's the comedic effect and it didn't really, like, advance at all, right? No. Um, yeah. uh, and then, although I like the fact that her jokes about the Internet were kind of cute, but kind of irrelevant. Yeah. Too, or, yeah. Yeah. And then I love when they're like, can you print it? And she's like, no, my skills end at hacking into, like, the FBI database or whatever she said, right? <laughs> yeah, they just look at her like, oh, man. <laughs> so, like, yeah, I can print. Yeah, um, she's printing it out. <laughs> but really, the, I mean, they're sort of sidelined. It's the kids, it's the it's the Forsum and Hawkins that, like, have the... Yeah. And I think where we left off, we left off when, when uh, with our conversation with Jamie last week, when... Um, Max had been taken by Vecna and she was levitating in the cemetery and then they saved her by playing her favorite song. I complained about that a little bit. And then I forget where we, that, that happened after they went into the school or did the school happen before that when they go to the school? And it was after. It was after the school. That was after. I'm not yeah, sure where we left off with, and it was after the police came to the house and threatened them, right? Because we talked about the police are behaving in a really bad way, but it's the 80s. That I was we left hilarious. Was. <laughs> what um, do we – we didn't necessarily – I'm trying to remember. Did we necessarily get a definite of why Vecna chose who he did? They were just people that had, like, 
felt guilt and had bad wives, I guess. They never really, well, to me. They have trauma. They'll have trauma and guilt and really bad feelings. But they, we talked about, like, everyone we've seen that's been killed was talking to the school counselor. So is she an agent for Vecna or is that just a coincidence? Because they're the most yeah, troubled think, children are speaking to her. I'm kind of wondering. So you've wondered that, too. They just have a lot well, in their car, I guess. That's the season. Yeah. Well, it could be just that they're entirely... children. Oh, well, see, now here's my question. Had Nancy spoken with that counselor in the past? Because Nancy's not even in school anymore. But it, he's not – oh, he started going at – but he didn't go after Nancy until she was already in the Upside Down. Yeah, I think that was more on him playing defense than anything for her. I I, let me like. tell you guys something. That I was I was loving it was such a great scene. I'm I'm loving watching everybody go, you know, up through the ceiling and down onto the floor. Thought that shit was great. And then there goes Nancy yeah. and I I actually yelled at TV. I said, No because I, <laughs> I was pissed. I was like, you are not killing Nancy because <laughs> nobody yeah, knows Nancy's right? favorite song. Nancy doesn't have any headphones. You don't know her favorite song. She's actually in the Upside Down. This is not good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Nancy can't. I mean, I, I, it's pretty clear. I mean, I think it seems pretty clear that Steve and Nancy are going to get back together. But yeah. I'm with I'm I'm in the camp of the many people on the internet who think Steve's gonna die. Uh, because yeah. a major character dies every year, and for Steve and Nancy to get back together, only for Steve to die, that would be a really like sort of meaningful like yeah, for him to major, sacrifice himself. Wait, hold, hold on a second. What major character died right. in season one? Oh, did nobody die in season one? Bob dies in season two. And Bob wasn't major. Unless you combine if you He's and, pretty major. And then Bob's pretty major. And, Bob's in every episode. I don't know if I'd call Bob major. And then season three, Billy dies. What? I don't Bob? know if I call Billy major either. Who's Bob? I'm like blanking. Who's Bob? Sean Aston. Sean Aston. Sean oh, Aston. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, he was only really major for that season. And he had to die for What's her face to end up with Hopper? So it wasn't I mean, really. I can really see Steve sacrificing himself for Nancy. He's clearly in love with her. She's oh, I clearly still like right. I I could also see him sacrificing himself for Dustin, or for the whole gang. Like I mean, we also Eddie. I mean, not for nothing. Also. I I could I could see Steve sacrifice himself for pretty much any of them. You know, I mean, yeah, granted, he's yeah in love with Nancy and. You know, Dustin's his best bestest bud, but yeah. I could totally see him uh, doing it for any of them. Um, yeah. Where we left off, everyone got out of the Upside Down except Nancy's in there by herself, right? No, right Steve's now? still there, too. Cause he, no, Steve's still there. The only ones that got out were Eddie and Robin. Oh, because Steve was boosting her up and going to come through last, right? Yeah. Yeah, yep. so Robin gets through. No. Wasn't Nancy going to go last? They put Steve up because he's injured. No. Steve's gone through because he's injured, right? I was right? thinking Steve went, but I no, don't remember Steve, for no. sure. Steve was still there. Really? Because then Nancy yep. goes in the swimming pool and all that after she's still there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because she got, like, 
blooped or something. <laughs> I'm not really sure how she ended up where she was. I'm Googling is still Steve in the Upside Down because I'm not really sure that he's in. I thought they put him through because he, I, thought I can't remember because now it's like two weeks I'm ago. I'm not 100% sure. Robin, Robin, went, Robin, went, Robin went first and then the three of them looked at each other and because I'm thinking ladies first and uh, the three of them look at each other and Eddie's like, okay, I guess I'm going. And then Eddie went and then Nancy went yeah, to go. Yeah, you're right. You're there's right, no way yeah. there's, yeah, because there's no think about this. There's no way in hell Steve is going before Nancy. Yeah. There's no way Steve's letting that happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're right. There, no well, matter how many bats uh, bit him, right? Um, well, at least she's alone then. Steve is still in the upside down. Yeah, he's still in there. Um, with Nancy, and she's still in her trance, right? And Steve's going to try to... Yeah. Yeah. Steve's probably going to... I mean, if he doesn't bite, die from all those bat bites that he got, but he's going to go after Vecna to save Nancy. I mean, he might do it. Like, that would be a great, like, hero's death and a hero quest if he, like, is able to defeat Vecna to save Nancy, right? He'll probably need the help of the people who are outside the Upside Down, but uh, Steve, uh, Eddie also, I think Eddie maybe could die. Eddie has said very many times, like, I'm going to die. Why am I doing this? Like, Eddie has forecasted like a million times, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it would be great. I mean, it would be a good if we're going to have a season five, it would be great to have, like, you know, Nancy and Steve. I feel like it's so obvious Nancy and Steve, under normal conditions, would probably get back together. But for Steve to die, and then Nancy to still be with Jonathan and have all that guilt and whatever, like, that character development for next season, right? Um, Could be. Anyway, uh, and then, so we also had the whole prison thing. We also had the whole, like, so last time we talked, Jamie, was before Hopper was sent into the cell with the prisoners for their last meal, right? I don't think we talked about that last Mm -hmm. week. No, I don't think we did. So there was that whole, I'm kind of, I'm of two minds about that storyline. How do you guys like that? that Russia prison storyline. I'm glad it's over. I just wanted, yeah, I just wanted Hopper to be saved. But I did like that story, and I liked um, him and that guard together. I think that they were they were funny. Um, I mean, but yeah, I just kind of wanted so, him to be rescued and it to be over. But I like how they did it. I mean, once once Joyce and Murray finally got there, this it was pretty fun watching Murray pretend to be Yuri. Um, all that was a lot of fun, but it just, it took forever to get there, you know? And, you know, I liked Hopper and every, you know, and them fighting the Demogorgon. Um, but it just, it, I felt like it took so long to get too, it's too almost, long. It's almost like a different show. Like it's a second show that we're, like, that's a show. That's yeah. prison break, right? Like, it's, like we're watching prison yeah. break Russia edition, um, on that side. <laughs> Um, I guess the, you know, part of it is the cast is too big. Part of it maybe is COVID. Like they had to put all their, we basically have four different locations, right? We had Hopper in Russia. We have Martin, Winona doing their thing. We have the boys out West on their little thing, the Hawkins crew, like everybody's all over the place in multiple sets. I don't know if COVID's a factor. It does seem like that would make sense to me. Um, 
But, yeah, it's like Hopper's on a different show right now. Um, so, fun fact. So, um, oh, crap, I'm blanking. I'm blanking on his name, but the actor that plays Hopper, can't think of his name at the moment, um, he got fo- set photos from Black Widow and gave them to Sean Levy just to make sure that there was nothing that was, looked similar from the Russia sets between the two shows because he didn't want people associating his Black Widow character with Hopper. <laughs> wait, wait. Oh, so thanks. David Harbour is his name. He did what? He got set David photos Harbour, thank from... You. He got set from Black photos Widow. from... Yeah. From the prison team in Black Widow. And gave him the, oh, yeah, the director. He prison in Black Widow. And was like, don't yes. you make it not look like this? <laughs> yes, basically. Because he basically made the same movie yeah. twice last year. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Um, that's hilarious. I mean, I, I agree with you. I enjoyed the Murray... I enjoyed Murray and uh, Joyce together. I enjoyed the Murray Yuri Joyce business. It's great. It's a separate show, right? And but yeah. still, I wonder. So now he's rescued, but they're still in Russia and have to get back. And I just wonder how Joyce and Hopper ever become part of the main storyline. Like, when will they ever get to Hawkins? How can they? With only two, I don't I think they do. Two left, probably. <laughs> I think, yes, I, I, well, I know, I think, I think they show up to the LA home. I mean, I could see, I could see it going one of two ways. They just show up at the LA home and go, or not LA, but California home in Lenore and, and go, where are the the kids? You know, yeah. Well, the house is like half destroyed from all, from the gun battle. Oh, oh, from the shootout. Um, Yeah. Yeah, so she could show up there, and that's the end of their storyline. Or they show up in Hawkins after everybody's saved and everybody's covered in goo or something, and just like kind of like stroll up and be like, "What did we miss?" <laughs> Type of yeah. thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. And just be totally like out of it. They've gone on a side journey, and they're not part of it. And the kids are going to do. Yeah. I mean, the kids are supposed to be fourteen, and the kids are going to do their own thing in Hawkins this year. This is what Without. happens when you have such a big ensemble. Well, the kids, no, the kids, kids, I mean, kids are old. Kids, they're they're old. Problem. They're old in that. They're at least fifteen because they're they're uh, freshmen in high school. So well, I was fourteen 15. when I was a freshman, but whatever. Yeah, um, they're fourteen, fifteen. Some of them are seventeen, eighteen. Like Nancy's, you know, they're like seventeen, eighteen. Nancy, well, Nancy, whatever. Well, Nancy yeah. and Steve are graduated, so yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that's a good, maybe, maybe Joyce and Hopper never get there. Maybe they get there at the end just for a hug. Um, yeah. They're not going to be part of the, I mean, it's always been about the kid. Like, while those adults played a big role, it's always been the kids having, like, sort of problems. Yeah. Um, I do kind of, I mean, I have also enjoyed this idea that they, that they're doing it with no supernatural powers, right? And they, I love how they, like, when they were explaining to Eddie, like, oh, listen, we've done this before. Oh, but we had basically a superhero with us, and now we don't, so we got to do it by ourselves. And Eddie's like, what? Like, I kind of like that. We know that Eleven will rejoin them to save the day before in the season finale, right? Like, I know mm-hmm. they're going to come up. But I, I kind of like um, the Scooby gang aspect of it. Yeah. I mean, I think it's been a good – I've really enjoyed the season. I think you guys have also, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Uh, I mean, yeah, I think it's it's three Granny, we'd three years for it, but yeah. In yeah. two weeks, yeah, we'll get the, get the ending of it. So long. Do you guys hear that noise? Is that too loud? The, the trickling water noise. I do not hear any trickling water. The last noise I heard. The last noise I heard was uh was was when Jamie was either doing the dishes or going to the bathroom or something. Oh, I filled a cup with water in the sink. Sorry. There you go. That's that's right. That's what I heard. (laughs) That was a while ago. I didn't think you could hear it. I took it off the speaker, hoping nobody could hear it. Now, while I talk to you guys, I'm like hanging out in my turtle tank, giving him a really, he's having a really nice scratch on his shell. He loves being scratched, but there's like water running and trickling water. It was too loud for you guys. He's going nuts, splashing water. Um, so anyway, we've been right. talking for a long time. Any any other parts of it you guys want to talk about? I was going to say, any, yeah. Well, I think that that covers all of this. All right, so we uh, two weeks. Yeah. Back in the beginning of July, right? Yep, July first. Is that what it is? You know where I do. All right. Okay. Yeah. So we so okay. our podcast is July fifth, so we should have a chance to watch it over that long weekend if we plan ourselves correctly. Yeah, I mean, it's from what I understand, it's going to be the first episode an hour and a half, and the second one's like two and a half. So. Oh shit! All right. Plan accordingly. So I'm sure we can find four out. Sure, we could find four hours. In a long weekend, yeah. All right, cool. All right, so should we move it along? Yes, Miss Marvel. Miss Marvel is so enjoyable, you guys. Yeah, I remember that was basically a kid's show. This week. Yeah, I mean, so uh, again, I feel like we talked about last week, like we're not the target audience. They they seem to maybe be targeting a younger audience, and yet I find it so enjoyable um, for adults, or am I an older adult now? Like people, like it's not, it's a kid's show, but it's not, it's not a kid's show. It's like, it's like YA, but it's not, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's I mean, family. it's it's exactly it's exactly what I hoped we were gonna get, and and kept, you know, I I I, I I'm around a lot of uh, naysayers around here before it premiered, and uh, I just kept saying, you I was like, family? I get the feeling. Uh, mostly work. Um, oh yeah. And other friends, but I, you know, I kept telling people, I'm like, I I don't go into it expecting too much. I was like, don't set your standards, you know, don't be like, oh, it's a Marvel show, it's got to be great, you know, it's going to be fun. Don't go in there, it's not going to be serious. I can tell from the trailer, it's just going to be fun. Enjoy it. Stop, you know, worrying so much about things. And everybody, you know, all those people I told that to are now like, this is a lot of fun, I like this show. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like they're doing a decent job of conveying like a, all right, I'm going to use a bad cliche when I say youthful exuberance. That's not really what I mean, but like, I think they are capturing the idea of what it means to be like 14 years, 14 years old and finding you have superpowers. I also thought they did a really good job with what it means to be 14 years old and meet a really nice senior 
good-looking boy who asked for your phone number. I love that. I love that whole sequence with that boy. Although I, yeah, you know, at the end it turns out to be a little. Um, yeah, and that's my uh, other question. Doesn't that mean he's technically is, is he is that because maybe I'm I'm misunderstanding it. But the the woman that his mother is his mother. I thought it looked like it was supposed to be the whatever it is, the grandmother of her mother or whatever. The great grandmother. Yes, she definitely she 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 definitely bore a resemblance, which I at first I did a double take too, but she's way too young to be yeah, that's the great grandmother, I think. And I thought, well maybe he no. really is related to her and they don't age, but I didn't know and then I thought maybe it's just because that's who she's seeing and that it has something to do with the powers because it's definitely who she's seeing. Right, wouldn't you say the one she sees flashes of? Um, what do you think, Karen? I think the woman that she sees flashes of is the woman who went missing. Is the grandmother's right. sister? Right, great grandmother. It's the grandmother. It's her great grandmother. No, it was the grandmother's mother. Are you sure? I'm positive about that. Okay. Well, you yeah. I um, it was and the so. You think it too, Janie? I I thought it was. Is it, you're saying it's the great grandmother. See, I thought it was her mother's. In the mother. vision, yes. You're right. It might be her mother's grandmother. I wasn't. No, she talked. She talked to her. She talked to her. Her her grandmother. She talked to her grandmother on the phone oh, okay. trying she to find her out about her phone. great grandmother. Yeah, yeah. Her grandmother right. sent her the. She's trying to learn about her great grandmother. Yes, you're right. And and they, it's her great grandmother who is the person she's asking for information about. And they're all like, oh, she's like a floozy. She brought shame to the family. It's her great-grandmother, right? I think that, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious what happened was the great-grandmother didn't die. She disappeared. Um, and I think that the the mother and the senior boy whose name is, uh, what's his name, um, they are descendants of the great-grandmother. So, yeah, they're some level of <clears throat> Yeah. Right? <clears throat> so, so, so it's... <clears throat> Well, here's the thing. Yeah, like, so if that actually... woman had a child, then she and the grandmother were first cousins. So Kamala's mother right. and this woman are first cousins once removed, which makes Kamala and the boy, like, first cousins twice related. removed. It starts to make them barely related. They're related, no. but extendedly related, right? Like, and to it, me, it, it looks like funny. it was a setup. This is my... it, oh, yeah. It's a setup. setup. He was in on it, right? Well, like, he's not... Yeah, I also have to question, though, why when he picked her up in the car that she automatically told him her identity and, like, trusted him when she didn't know him. Because, yes, he picked her up in the car, but he could have just been picking her up as the superhero needed an escape, you know? Not necessarily that he knew who she was, but she, like, immediately took it off like he knew her identity, which confused me a little bit why she would do that. But I think it was more just she wasn't thinking, I guess. Yeah, I I was a little confused by that at first, too. Uh, why she? Why she? Yeah. Why she takes off her helmet right away and reveals herself? Yeah, because I mean, he had no, he, way, no reason of knowing who she was. I mean, in reality, except he did. Point of view. Yeah, but I mean, from her I mean, point he of view, she didn't know that. Yes. Right. Yeah. From her point of view, he he. Why would she do that with anyone? Except I guess she's fourteen and she's exhausted and she's been through this thing and she makes bad decisions and right like. And yeah. she's exhausted. Yeah, there you and go. It was a bad yeah, idea. Yeah, and she, yeah, and this boy saved her, and she's grateful, and she's 
likes him and yeah, teenager. I mean, fourteen year old yeah. girl, good looking, which, cute boy. Which is, actually, I guess the explanation. Which yeah, is actually a really great segue. Which makes you feel more. To one of my 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 only pro- one of my problems with this show. Why doesn't she tell Nakia? That kind of annoys me. Yeah, that was Nakia. I was hoping she would tell her pretty soon. And she still might, but you don't want everybody to know right away. Yeah, but she should have told her already. She's she's one of her best friends. You know, know, if Bruno can know, I think Nakia can know too. I I don't get why she hasn't told her. Nakia is... I mean, Nakia's a little bit, I love Nakia, and she's a great character, although she comes across more like she's 27 than she does like she's 14. Although she might be a little older, she might be supposed to be 15, 16 years old, right? I think she's maybe not a freshman. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know if they're, um, they're, in, they're in class together. I'm, okay, yeah, and I don't know if you can do that in high school or whatever, but, um, I mean, could in my high school, but whatever. Um, so let's say she's be 14, who looking like 25, which is fine. They're all older actors in real life, I'm sure. Uh, she's an awesome character, and she's very empowered, and she's very like she's got a she's self-assured, and she's got a level of maturity going on that Kamala Kamala she's going Kamala um, hasn't hasn't reached yet, right? She's awesome, and and I agree with you that she's the person you could trust with this information more than. I mean, Bruno you can trust, but Bruno obviously has a crush, right? Oh, he's in love with her. Um, Easily. Yeah. <laughs> no question there. Nakia's great. I really like the sort of side plot about Nakia running for the mosque board, which never having belonged to a mosque before, I never really thought about what kind of governance they have. I mean, I guess it's just like a parish committee or a synagogue committee or whatever, and that a kid could run yeah. for it. That's kind of an interesting subplot. Yeah, that was kind of my question, too. Like, it, I mean, it was supposed to be a big deal that she was a girl, which is good, but yeah, I'm kind of confused that they have kids do it, but hey, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. I don't understand a lot of it, but it's interesting to learn about it. I mean, I guess it's possible that any kind of Christian church might have a board that would have a student, a, a youth representative, like a lot of different community organizations have a youth representative, and maybe, or maybe they, maybe, maybe, maybe Nakia is being a true rebel, like maybe not only being a girl, but being a youth, maybe youth, you know, I mean, it does yeah, seem like, oh, there's a lot of, there's a ton of background noise in somebody's phone. One of you guys has a ton of background noise. Um, and now it went away. Thank you. I, I just couldn't really hear what Jenny was saying because there's, like, a lot of noise. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, I'm Jamie. Not doing anything. Um, but, yeah, um, but it was, she was running against an adult. So it wasn't a, a kid-only thing. She must have money, though, that yeah. she has expensive shoes <laughs> that she lost to get. Oh, yeah. No. Well, yeah. yeah her, parents, her parents are very well off. And I'm not sure which I think I think her father is Muslim and her mother is white, so I'm I think that's what it is. I don't think I don't, or maybe they didn't specify which parent was which because in the when they were in the bathroom yeah. she was you know talking about yeah, you know that's that's been her whole problem her whole life is she's been you know kind of looked at. Like you're not. She said, "I'm too white. Anything. I'm too white for some people. I'm too brown for some people. I don't really." Yeah. Right? 
Yeah. I liked that little monologue she gave him when she talked about the reasons why she chose to wear the headscarf. Um, you know, which are things that I've seen in other shows or popular culture, but I liked it. I think it really worked, and I think it, it worked in that context of her yeah. explaining to, you know, Kamala, who has a, a different um, family situation or whatever. Um, uh, I, mean, I, I, thought it, I thought it fit in kind of seamlessly. Yeah, I did. I agree. I just want to make a comment that had nothing to do with that, but I was just thinking about what kid, even if you like a girl, no kid lets a girl that can't drive drive his father's or uncle's or whatever it was car. That was kind of funny, but like never would have happened in a million years. She would have crashed. Oh, That's you know, all I can think of yeah, she's going to crash that car, and they are all going to be upset. <laughs> but she did. Well, you're definitely right. But the kind of kid who does that, you mean why um, he did it was because he's trying to be nice to her because he's trying to he knows who she is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But because I thought it was kind of weird when they did it, I'm like, mm, yeah. He might, you might have a crush on somebody, but you don't let them drive your parents' car when they don't have a license. That would be bad. Also, yeah, you, that's not true. You know, my other question is that you're not even allowed to do that because don't you have to? Or maybe they've changed it. But isn't there? Is it? Don't you have to be like 21 or something to be able to drive with somebody who just has a um, permit? I thought that, Jamie, I think like you can't can be like 16. No, I'm not saying. Were you ever a teenager? <laughs> Were you ever uh, a teenager? happen but I just mean like I know that even if I liked somebody like I would not when I was able to drive let somebody who didn't have a license drive my parents car that's like you know a problem waiting to happen I'm just sorry you were well, a good girl Jamie this is, so I'm going to say and leave it at that yeah. this is the state of New Jersey and so the rules vary by state and you know there are different rules about daytime and nighttime driving and whatever and you know but yeah being a teenager Obviously, if a hot boy that you liked asked you to go for a driving lesson, you'd be like, sure, whatever. I'll lie to my mother and go. Oh, yeah. That, that part is me. Um, yeah. But, but yes, yeah, he's letting her drive the car because, I mean, that was probably a hint that we should have tuned into, that he's letting her drive yes, the car because yeah. he's trying to get close to her because he knows who she is. Right. 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 Um, let me ask, I want to ask you guys a question. Last week, I complained a lot about the low-quality special effects and the cotton candy coming out of her hand. Um, and what did you guys think about the powers and the effects this week? Better, worse, unchanged? What do you think? I think they're unchanged, but I think the scenes were more defined. Like, I think last week it was just kind of a clusterfuck, so it, it kind of looked all over the place, whereas this week she's got a little bit more control, so it, it looked more refined. Yeah, that makes sense. Jamie, how are you liking those effects? You, Jamie, often tune yeah, into that more than we I do. I mean, I said I agree. I think they're about the same, but I think it works for the show. I mean, I think the thing with her shooting this stuff isn't bad. It, it's okay, but I like how they had like the like the the artwork and things like that changing it more, made it seem like it fit the audience it was geared towards. I guess. But, yeah, I mean, it's the same thing with, like, her costume. It's not meant to be totally, you know, slick. So it, I thought it worked. I didn't really think about it this week, which means it worked better. Because last week I did kind of notice it was a little hokey, and I didn't so much this time. So, so there's I my kind of you guys. Like, I think it continues to be a shitty special effect that they're not spending enough money on. 
and I don't like that it's like rainbow ice that shoots out of her hand. Like it's light, but it's like ice, right? They're like sort of like floating ice platforms. Like for better, they're crystal. They're crystal. Yeah. So they're like floating rainbow ice crystal that shoot out. Um, I still think they don't look great. They look kind of amateur to me. I also, I have this whole complaint about light, light powers in Marvel that will set aside. But I agree with you guys that it worked better this week. It was like, it was, it wasn't like a giant lump of whatever was like, it was like her arm extended into a giant lump of whatever, right? And so this week they're more defined and they're a thing. And so it made more sense and I could understand it more. I still think it's a dumb power. Um, and it, it irritates me that she basically has no relation to, to Captain Marvel at all, except she likes her. Um, getting down with that a little more. Um, well, that's, that's she's not going to ha- have a relation to Captain Marvel in the, in the way that I think you mean. It's, that's the, the only reason no. she's going to call herself Miss Marvel is because she's a fanboy, or in this case, a fangirl. Yes. Um, yes. I think it was talking this last that's, week. That's I, thought, I thought she was Ms. Marvel the way the new Hawk, like Hawkeye had, like, this little protege girl who has basically right. the same talent as him and, like, is the new Hawkeye. Or the way she? the way Francis the way what's her name Francis Pugh is that her name the way Black Widow's little sister is going to become the new Black Widow and I thought Ms Marvel is the new Captain Marvel the way uh, what's her name Captain Marvel's no. friend is going to be the new Captain Marvel right okay so she's just so Ms Marvel question, it's like if I take that name though later or is she going to be Nightlight or whatever the hell they call her Nightlight yes. <laughs> I forgot about that. Like, that's hilarious. I mean, she might be Nightlight for five episodes, and then once she kind of gets her powers under control and, you know, they reveal her new costume, um, she'll, you know, maybe like, I'm Miss Marvel or something. I would have to oppose how they're going to do it, but... Um, yeah. I mean, we'll yeah. see. And that's the other thing, other thing about her powers is, you know, like last, you know, the first episode, it was, it looked kind of bad. This week it looked a little better. If in the third episode it's even better, I'm going to go, I'm going to say that I think it's intentional. Um, the quality of the CGI with her powers might be dependent on her ability to manipulate it. Because while she was doing yeah. a pretty good job saving the kid hanging from the window, it ultimately failed. Yeah, and he, you know, it, it could have been a lot worse. I mean, yeah, he fell and broke his arm fail. but, or his leg. It ultimately succeeded. But, he lived, so it ultimately succeeded. It just yes, wasn't yes, a perfect yes, yes, yes. rescue. No, actually, that's, that's right? what I was yeah. going to say. He, it could have been worse. He could have, if he'd fallen without her help, he's dead. <laughs> he got a broken yeah. leg, you know, so. Yeah. I, so we'll see how that one other thing I wanted to say last week I complained to you guys that I was pissed that she didn't have any powers and it was magic bracelets and they're the same as the ten rings and the same I was like irritated about this and I really kind of liked this week that they started to position it as no it's powers it looks like maybe there are powers in her family and somehow the bracelet activated them Unlocked or focuses them, yep. them. unlocks them thank you AJ like yeah. You knew that I was, was going to bring that up probably. Too. I was, well, I was, if you didn't bring it up, I was going to bring it up because I really like that too. But you yeah, knew that was coming? 
AJ, from your comments? Uh, I didn't know that was coming. Not? Her powers now. Her powers. Her powers on the show are completely different than the comics, and how she gets them. So I have no idea where they're going with it. So you guys both, Jamie, you like that also? That it's a real power, probably. Yeah. 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 I mean, maybe you guys didn't. My question now: so much. She takes off the bracelet if she still has the power, though. That's well, the yeah, right. That's that's an excellent yeah. excellent question that I'm kind of curious about myself. Yeah. I felt like last week maybe you guys weren't quite as – you guys didn't feel as strongly as I did that I was like, she doesn't have powers, it's a bracelet, that's so annoying, it's magic, blah, 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 right? I was, like, irritated, and I felt like you guys weren't quite as – you know, I don't mind the magic. I am. So. You don't mind the no, magic. No, we don't get as irritated with magic as you. Yeah, I uh, – No one gets but as irritated as <laughs> so, but So I particularly was very happy to see that it's – like the magic bracelet just focuses or unlocks or whatever, like her inherent power is going to, and Jamie, I had not thought of that, but it's a, it is a great question, AJ. And I'm now I really want them to tell us, can she harness those powers without the bracelet? Something tells me we're going to find I out. Mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah, probably I, because somebody left that bracelet I, to her and that bracelet came through several yeah. generations, like, like, the great grandmother, who's dead in the visions, gave it to the grandmother, who sent it. Did that package come to the mother or to Kamala? The package comes to the house, and the mother, Muniba, yeah. she's like, "That's junk. Put it in the attic, right?" Yeah. The grand, yeah, I think like came what is the mother? The grandmother's acting all clueless on the phone. I can't hear you, blah, blah. Like, I wonder how clueless she is. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, you know, so, you know what I could see happening about whether or not she'll still have the powers? I have a feeling that the bracelet's going to come off at some point, and she's going to be, you know, it's going to be a dire situation. She's not going to have the bracelet, and she's going to be like, oh, my God, I can't do anything. I, I lost the bracelet. I don't have the bracelet. And Bruno's going to be like, I told you. It just activated your powers. The power's within you. And she's going to be like, no, I can't do it. Yes, you can. No, I can't. And then something's going to happen, and she's going to, you know, like Bruno's going to be like at death's door, and she's going to be like, and holy shit, I did it. Yeah, I mean, I think, something like that. I think we've seen that with other Marvel heroes with everything. or other heroes <laughs> you know, and everything, right? You know, with all that kinds they, of things. That it's only with a moment of extreme, like, um, fear or that they're able to, like, harness their power or do it when they're very – at the most dire moment when the feelings are there, yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, we can't stop talking about this until I mention how I texted you guys about how much I am digging the South Asian soundtrack of this – I don't know if it's all Pakistani pop. Is some of it Indian? Is some of it – Whatever, but I'm really digging the music, and I might have to start, like, looking into YouTube and watch some of this. I like it a lot. Yeah, I do, too. I liked her little dance scene. Oh, when she <laughs> yeah, sang, uh, um, yeah. when she came back from Bollywood the thing. Boy. And, what song was that? No, when she sang that, what was that song? Um, I forget what it was. When she I comes home now. from meeting the boy, and she sings an old 50s song, which is, um... Uh, oh, it's a song that I know so well. Um, I don't remember now. Okay, it's going to come to me in a second. It's called, um, it's, uh, I can't remember the name of the song. Um, 
it's actually kind of funny that she. I remember I was singing it. That she. It's a song like from the fifties that we, that we know. So I mean, it's a song that I've heard a million times, and I can't think of it right now. It went right out of my head. It's um. Oh shit! It's gonna hit me as soon as we stop talking. Um. I really, I really like that little scene where she's, and I, and I took that to be maybe not, she's not literally maybe come feelings, right? It's not necessarily that she really came into the house singing right. well, and the white dancing. Too. I think it was definitely in her head, supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah, it's in her head. Um, oh, yeah, it's in her head. Um, and it, it was interesting to me, I mean, that she falls into this song, right? Like this song, it's not a song, it's not a contemporary pop song. It's not a South Asian pop song. It's a 19... Oh, it was Be My my Baby. Yes, it's Be My Baby. It's the Ronettes, right? Um, Yeah. Which is a song that we all know so well and that I think resonates with not just old people, but, like, young people know that also, right? A YA audience has heard that song. Yeah, it was well, a perfect song. Yeah, it was well, a perfect song for that. 30, I mean, 30 Dancing did, did wonders for a lot of those old songs. Oh, yeah. You watched this show with Artie? Did he know that song? Mm, I don't think so, actually. If Are you did, watching with like, Damon watching the show, or is he too small still? Miss Marvel, yeah. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's yeah, he's watching it. Yeah, he'll be nine in October. So, yeah, he's watching it with us. And he likes it? Yeah, he's loving it. Yeah. I mean, that's great that a show that he's nine and you're a lot older than nine. (laughs) (laughs) A lot older than nine. And Ari's 15 and you guys all, 14, 15, and you guys all watch it together, right? And you all love it. Yeah. Um, There's probably not a ton of shows that, I mean, Damon's just starting to really watch shows with you guys, right? Yeah. That's great. Are are your parents watching it, Jamie? You watch no, a few shows with your mom. Like your mom watches Walking Dead, right? Your mom watches a few yeah, shows. Yeah, she watches Walking Dead. <laughs> yeah, she didn't care. She mom, didn't care about Miss Marvel. <laughs> I love your mom, but she only watches the worst show. No. <laughs> <laughs> but we watch it too. Not, Nothing against your mom. I watch it too. <laughs> no, I know. She's not huge into Marvel though. <laughs> My dad watched well, Moon Knight. He didn't. He never finished it. He watched part of Moon Knight. Not well, with me. I think. I think this show. I think this show is way better than Moon Knight. Moon Knight had some. I agree. I mean, there were parts. I agree too. Yeah, you agree too. Mm-hmm. Moon Knight had Absolutely. some high points that I liked, but this show is way better. This show is. Uh, I mean, this. Moon Knight had a lot of problems. I think the lighter Marvel shows have been the better show. Like, I I really enjoyed Hawkeye a lot. I agree. Also. Hawkeye was I a lot en- of fun. Yeah. Hawkeye was great. I enjoyed Loki, and Loki, while it was really yep. kind of convoluted and Loki, deep yeah, on a like, tiny, whiny level, it was light. Loki was light. Yeah. WandaVision, too. Yeah, WandaVision had a lot of comedic moments to it, um, which is interesting because we're now going to talk about all the horrible Disney Star Wars spin, like, Disney is, like, we're going to go into Obi-Wan, and, and 
I feel like Disney is not doing with Star Wars what Marvel is doing with its legacy characters. Like these shows are, are like Disney's learned nothing from what Marvel has done. But that's the next thing. We'll move on to that in a minute. Um, so real quick uh, before I forget. So I read this article the other day, had me cracking up. So as we all know, um, Aman Vellani, who plays Kamala, um, Love her. She, she is she's a comic book nerd. Like she knows, you know, when she got cast as Miss Marvel, she already knew all the comic history. Like she is a serious comic nerd. So she called Kevin Feige out at, uh, recently after uh, Multiverse of Madness came out and told him that they did Black Bolt dirty. <laughs> like really? she's apparently. <laughs> Yeah, she is one of the she she has no fear uh of telling the big boss when he's doing something that she doesn't like. Um so but apparently she then she she goes on in this interview to tell this other story how Kevin Feige yelled at her one time back when WandaVision was out um she she texted him oh, cuz this was shot no, like called, 2 years ago, right? This has been in the can yeah, for a while. She she called him to te- to Given, give him some criticism about WandaVision. And I guess she said, while I was watching it on my phone, he interrupted her and yelled at her and told her, you, it's not meant to be watched on your iPhone. Go home and watch it on TV. That's <laughs> <laughs> <kidding> for you. <laughs> That's great. So, yeah. That's fantastic. Um, she um she is I so I love her. I think she's great. Her name is um what's her name again? It was on the tip of your tongue. You just said it. Iman Balani, <laughs> yeah. Um this was shot I think I think it was shot I heard her on the radio. I think they shot this like two a year and a half ago, two years ago. Um because she's nineteen right now. She's going to be 20 later this year. But I think I heard her say that she was like only 16 or 17 when she shot it. Um, and she was like way closer in age to the character. Um, and I think this is her first like real role, right? Like, so she was born in Pakistan and she moved to Canada when she was really, really very young, I read. Um, but I think she had not really ever done anything before this like not anything major right like I think I think this is her first real role which is amazing I'm, and that's uh, one reason why I, I'm I thought I, until now. yeah I heard her on the radio she, she was she was still in high school when she was cast um, I think she hadn't really done a lot of stuff but I thought of it AJ because you talk about her like speaking up to the director or to, to the producer and calling them out and not only is that like that like that's a sign that that's what we did when we were young we're so confident and we call people out right it's also the sign of an inexperienced yeah. actress who doesn't like to defer the producer in a good way i'm not saying that she should right like that's just such a great sign of casting a young kid who's new and just yeah i love her i think she's great i think she's really charismatic i think she's a great little actress little actress i mean she's little because she's kind of short but whatever young <laughs> Um, 
And I think that she, yeah, she was cast, now I Googled her, I think she was cast when she was like a senior in high school. Because um, what I heard her talking about on the radio was, like, there's a whole element of the show which is about her high school experience, or at least in these first two episodes, her high school experience, like, factors into her, like, the way she, like, this week we saw Zoe becoming, like, a, like, a more of an, inter- Zoe who does has no powers, insta-star, because she was, like, you know, nearby to Kamala and her powers, yeah. right? And then the police, like, get her, and they're sort of, like, setting her up. What was that? You know, I didn't really like that part. You saw the agents come in. They're not agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. They're agents of we don't know what, right? Is, well, that's, like, Zoe, that's damage control. Yeah. And they're like, Zoe, you were near damage, what she looked like. Who, damage yes, control damage was, like, control an actual... Was set up. Damage control was set up by Stark to basically go in and clean up at the mess after the fact when superheroes fight. So they're like they're like agents from a Tony Stark department. Technically, like originally they're not yes. government. They're not really government it's people. They, well, like they, they are. They are government now. Like Tony Stark helped set it up. And he supplies supplied a lot of the tech and everything. Like he paid, he basically he basically funded a government section to clean up after superhero battles. Okay, so like after Remember the battle the in New York, when when New York is destroyed and everybody's yeah. like, "We hate you, yep. superheroes! You destroyed New York." Yeah, that's when Stark founded it. Remember um, at the beginning of um, Homecoming, uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming when Tombs and his people are cleaning up and everything, and then that government agency comes in and they don't really say who they are. That was, that was the beginning of uh, damage control. Okay. I, so and at I one point, that... mm-hmm. sorry, let me just real quick. Go ahead. At one point, there was actually a script for a TV show that was going to be called damage control. And it was kind of, it, this was around when agents of free shield first started and there was, they were going to, um, that was going to be, you know, a weekly show on ABC where we watched the lives of people in damage control and what they had to, you know, deal with cleaning up after the superheroes. But so that's cool, and that's interesting. I guess I just didn't love the part where they're, like, questioning Zoe, and they were total jerks about it, right? And they're really pushing her, and they're like, what does she look like? Does she have white skin? Does she have brown skin? And then Zoe dies, yeah. like short, and they're like, oh, and I was like, oh, so they're also to- they're like kind of racist, but but not. I guess they're just trying to get the people's description. But I thought they were really right. jerks and really mean, and they were non. They're definitely positioned as not a sympathetic group of people, right? Well, no, because like any uh, agency, like you know, like that, uh, you're always yeah, you're always going to get some that start to do things they shouldn't do, you know? Yeah. Like he even said, you know, he even says when they say they start, you know, they're going to look at the, you know, the mosques and and the temples and this and that and everything. He even says, he's like, you know, he's like, investigate, but don't be a jerk about it. But you can tell damn well she's yeah. a jerk about it. <laughs> oh, yeah, she's a jerk. Yeah. Yep, yep. All right. Anyway, loving the show. Mhm. All right. So, Jamie, anything else before you uh, check out on us? Mm-hmm. No. Like I said, I'm 
doing Moonhaven tomorrow, but that's that's oh, coming yeah. on AMC. Cool. Um, yeah, and Dark Coming on AMC, yeah. Did the thing that's oh. in my mind. I'm understand. So I watched, I tried to watch the first episode of Dark Winds. It was a little too slow for me. Like, uh, like It does start out a little slow, but it gets really good. I mean, it I liked a, it. I think it gets pretty good. It was a slow episode, and they didn't do a great job of making me crime necessarily, right? Um, mm-hmm. What was more interesting, like, because we, cause we, we meet, people get killed, we meet them only when they get killed. They're not characters who then get killed, right? Um, right, right. And what's what's more interesting is like the whole politics of of you know the police investigation or whatever. But it was slow and it didn't hold my attention. And I I didn't watch it to finish the first hour. And I'm not sure that I will go back to it only because it's it's like a police drama, which isn't my main thing anyway. Right. We'll see. True. I I think you would like kind of like you said though like the politics of it. I think you'd probably like, but but yeah, it does. Maybe I'll give them a shot. But but I don't know. And I ended up liking it. I watched it in like two days. So once you get into it, it it gets pretty good, I think. But but it's I mean it's definitely. I mean it's not it's not mystery of the week. I mean it's one long story, but it's definitely you know like show. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. some little bit of stuff in it that sort of exactly want to say supernatural, sort of. It's billed as being that anyway. Well, there was that part where like the guy was going for a cure from the witch or whatever, right? So there's that. Yeah. And the reviews are the reviews are uniformly incredible. Like everyone says it's great. Um, yeah. Everyone who's re- all the press who've seen it say it's great, including you. So. Yeah, and it's only um, I, I want I think six episodes it was six or eight i want to say six six. um but yeah yeah. it's got good characters i gotta put my cast interview up all right okay guys good have a good night enjoy the rest of the podcast you too jamie thank you talk to you next week good night all right aj what's up for you next uh you want to do obi-wan or strange new worlds Let's do Strange New Worlds because um, it's a little bit probably more straightforward thing for us to discuss, right? Um, I like this episode. This is already episode seven, The Serene Squall, right? I can't believe it's already episode seven. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't sure what episode episode it was. I was... Very excited and happy to see the guest star this week. Did you recognize our guest star? Jesse James Cartel. Yes, I yes. did. Awesome. Love, I love her. I'm so happy to see more she of her. She was amazing. And now I know, she was amazing now I know what she episode. was doing. I know what she was doing while she was not, like, on. So on the horrible show, uh, Big Sky, she left for like yes. a while because her mother was dying or whatever, right? Now we know what she was doing, making a better show. I thought she was great. Yeah. I agree with you. I thought she was great. Yeah. And I have hopes that we're definitely going to see her again because she got away. Yeah. Which was a little, at the end, I was like, oh, really? She got away? That's a little too easy, but it was cool. Um, I also like that the per- she, like the villain who got away, like so much of the original 
series when you had a sexy female guest star, antagonist, protagonist, whatever, they're always, like, attracted to Kirk or Jean-Luc or whatever. Like, having her be really spending most of her time with Spock, like, Spock is really... I think Spock's getting more time than is he getting more time than Anson Mount? I don't know, but like Spock's getting. I feel like he has been lately. Right? I'm like, is this a show about Spock and we didn't know it? (laughs) Um, but usually the uh, of course last week it was a woman. Last week it was a Pike love interest, but like yeah, I I Spock really had three love interests in this episode. Right, that's crazy. Yeah, Spock had his hands. Like, Spock had his. Spock had his hands full. <laughs> this episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love that. I like that part, and we could talk about that. But I like the general plot, kind of. Also, this was a little bit of a combo. Like, I don't know. This show feels a lot like the original series. This, I feel like, there's a little more comedy. Yeah. Being not comedy, but lighter moments in every episode. That reminds me of the original series a little bit less than like, like the next generation had some, but not as much, right? This feels a little more like the original series to me. Like there was comedy in it. Yeah, no, it, it definitely has that original series vibe to it. How'd you like the How'd you like the overall storyline with the pirates and the all that going on? It was it was actually pretty funny uh, and enjoyable. Um, I thought it was hilarious that the Orion couldn't cook, and so 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 Pike <laughs> talks him into letting him cook for the crew. Like he's like you know like um, his right I guess his right hand is like you know the the crew could use a good meal and he's like well, what are you trying to say? So yeah, I that was pretty funny. Well, and I also love that they had established like three like four episodes ago that Pike likes to cook. Like, we had that episode where yeah. her is invited to dinner and Pike's cooking, right? I'm like, oh, my God, there's actual, like, continuity here that he's an established cook. Um, I love that. Um, I also, I really enjoyed um, how he was with number one. Like, I really liked that, you know, we've talked a little bit that he and number one have a history that we haven't learned that much about, but it comes out in Dribs and Drobs. And I really like, I thought it worked really well in this episode that he's got a history with number one and they're talking in terms of like that previous mission they were on. And they're like, Oh, the, I forget the name of the planet, but they're like the such and such maneuver, the such and such, Oh, the such and such. And they've got this, you know, um, I, I thought, I thought they were a little more natural in that relationship today than they, this week than they, I mean, it's okay, but it really worked for me, their relationship this week in a way it, it's, I don't know, sometimes that relationship is because, from the first episode, they told us there's a past, so we believe it, but the two of them, the two of them acted so well in that way. Yeah. I just felt, I love that scene. It really, I really believed it when they were like, oh, the thing? Oh, yeah, the thing. Let's do the thing. Yeah. Let's do the mutiny again. Uh, I have yeah, not. I gotta tell you. I, I mean, I I have. I did not necessarily love Rebecca Romaine in the first couple episodes. I'm nothing against her. I just I just I'm warming up to her and Pike more and more. 
I think. I was doing it better this week, I think. Um, and I, you know, I noticed in this episode that she calls him Chris, not Captain. She calls him Chris in a, in a situation where they're, I don't know, I was like, oh, she's calling him Chris. Like, she's not calling him Captain, she's calling him Chris. And it was in a situation that I felt like it was a work situation. And then I thought about it, and I was like, all right, well, you know, I'm not watching the show. Like, that's a common thing. I, at first I was like, oh, that's very, like, a step out of military. And I'm like, wait a minute. Like, we, we've seen tons of people say Jean-Luc, tons of people, like, like Scotty, oh, not Scotty, Bones. It was like Jim. Bones. You him Jim, right? Yeah. Bones always said Jim and not and not yeah. Captain. And Beverly you know very often said Jean-Luc. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Spock always says Captain, but he's a Spock. But anyway, I yeah. you know she calls him Chris, and I'm like, and, and we've you, seen. You know, it's actually funny that you, you bring that up because I was actually thinking about that in tonight's episode for some reason. Um, on the original series, Spock, whenever he was trying to get a point across, because he always called Kirk Captain, always called him Captain. On the handful mm-hmm. of times that he called him Jim. It was always for a very, you know, it was, it was like he called him Jim to get Kirk to stop and actually listen, because whenever he called him yep. Jim, he knew that it was very important, and it was like Spock always uses that to get his point across. So it's like I started thinking, I was like, ooh, I can't wait for the first time he calls him Chris, because <laughs> I know what's coming next. Mhm. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's great. That's a really good point there. Um, I, yeah, I, I mean, I think that this is a show that maybe is actually getting, so I don't want to say it's getting better every week. When I say it's getting better, I don't mean to say it was bad to start because I don't think it was ever bad, right? But I think every week it's like I'm feeling a little bit better about it. Like I just said to you, like I feel like the crew, I'm getting a little more sense of them. What do you think about the whole yeah. I don't know about the Spock and Nurse Chapel business though. That is bothering me a little bit. Um it feels natural. Um it's been a progression. I think this week they unintentionally intentionally forced the issue because of the ruse that they were, you know, doing. Um I think Spock might have feelings for Chapel also, but his Vulcan side won't let his human side acknowledge it. I mean, I think Spock, what he did was purely to stop them, you know, stop the transfer. Um, yeah. And in the moment, he didn't think about the repercussions, and then his dim-witted self, you know, he's talking to Chapel later, and she totally plays it off, but you can clearly see she's upset about the whole thing. And she's like, I was just playing along with you because I know what you were doing. I don't have any feelings for you. And he's like, I'm happy to hear that. You know, like, idiot. (laughs) But that's Spock, you know. Well, and, you know, I feel like it it was maybe not last week, maybe two weeks ago, they had this episode where Chapel makes this huge deal about not having feelings and she's only dating guys casually and she doesn't ever want to get involved with anyone. And, like, like, and now – I feel like we're getting into, like, the lady doth protest too much. Like, I think, yeah, she likes Spock, right? Yeah. Like, they set it oh, up. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Spock. 
Um, I think Spock kind of likes her, but he, I mean, he's recommitting oh, yeah. to, to Pring. Yeah. And Spock is, you know, he's in this place where he wants to let logic rule over emotion. Um, yeah, I gonna, mean, I... Oh, it's I think they could play with this for a while because we don't, you know, only thing we know about Spock's history from the original series is he had been, he had been engaged at one point. He, you know, clearly yeah. by the time we meet Spock in the original series, he's not engaged, it's but over. we know that he had a history. You know, it would be we're still a long ways to... away from that point. And it would be very interesting for that to have happened because of Nurse Chapel, who was also a character in the original series, but there was never yep. any anything, nope. right? Nope. So that would be really interesting. Um, I think they're doing a good job of filling in that space. So this is a, this is a situation where, you know, this is maybe 10 years, 15 years before Captain Pike is going to die, right? Um, and many of these characters go on to be on the original series. I feel like they're in a similar space to where the Star Wars shows are, where they're filling in the like the Mandalorian, Boba Fett, and Obi Wan yeah. are filling in this like fifteen year space. But I think that right now Star Trek is doing a better job of filling this in with some legacy characters that you don't you're they're not not written into a box. Okay, so Uhura is almost a not a blank slate, but Uhura was never explored as much as Spock was on the original series, right? But even right. Spock, they're writing themselves into this, like, area where there's so much room, and we know how it ends, but it's not like, oh, I know Obi-Wan doesn't die, so I'm bored. It's like, I, Spock's going to, like, right. I think they're doing a great job. I, I, this, this, I like this show better than Discovery, I think. Of course, I also I, I like love, the show. I, admit, I, I like this show better than season three of Discovery. How about that? <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, of course, I like Anson Mount a lot. I really I yeah, enjoyed Hell yeah, on Wheels for the most part. I liked him there. I you know I um I like him a lot, but I think he's great on this show. But I think pretty much everyone's great on this show. Like I'm trying to think of somebody who's bad who I don't like. Um. And they're doing a good job of filling in that space. Like, I, I, I like yeah. what they're doing also better than, like, I think you and I have both, we've talked about how Discovery had to bloop them 900 years in the future to free themselves of some of the narrative problems they had, right? So like, oh, we right. can't deal with this bloop, now we're in the future. And I think that this show, Strange New Worlds, is doing a great job of not writing themselves into that corner. Like, I don't see them writing themselves into those kind of corners where they have to do that. Right. Like, they've got a 15-year timeline and, like, uh, the entire universe. Well, They picked a really good captain. I think Pike was a good captain to pick for this. Well, yeah, he's the obvious choice because in this time frame, there there isn't another one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, in, I think instead of making up a new captain, which they've done, they made up Jean-Luc Picard, they made up that uh, other guy on Enterprise, right? They made up a bunch of people, but they chose a guy as a launching point and who was kind of wide open. Like, I think it was a good idea. Um, so what did you think about the very end there when we find out that the Vulcan that 
Angel is trying to free is Cybok. Oh, so I actually, as soon as I thought, I was like, I got to ask AJ more about this. I was like, oh, AJ's way more knowledgeable, and I could Google it or I could ask AJ is how I felt about it. So he's the, he's um, Fox's half-brother. Same father, different yes. mother, right? Same father, yep. But also a human mother, right? Also a half-human. So Spock's father no, hooked up with two human. Oh, he's, oh no, he's full yeah. Vulcan, but he rejected. He's Vulcan. He's full Vulcan, but he rejected Vulcan ideology. Yeah, he's 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 Spock's older brother. And so, has he been a big factor in? Oh yeah. Past. Because I haven't. I, like I don't. I I didn't see like a lot of the original Captain Kirk movies. I didn't see. So you know the canon more than I do. So tell us, what what should I expect or be worried about with this guy? He was in the Final Frontier. Oh, he was. Which was the which was the one where they went looking for the god, who turned out not to be a god. Okay. They yeah. went to the they went to the edge they went to the edge of the universe. Cybok right. basically kidnaps the Enterprise. And forces them to um, to fly to the end of the universe. And there's, there's, there's a scene where um, Kirk orders uh, Spock to kill Cybok, and he's like, he's like, and then he, there's one of those moments where he goes, Jim, I could no more kill him, my brother, than I could kill you. And Kirk's like, Ah, oh, god damn it. <laughs> I mean, it is his brother. Come on, Jim, right? Yeah. I mean, not that they were ever close. I mean, they're they're brothers in blood only, really. They're not. Uh, they were never close. Like they and weren't raised Bucket, together, they, right? They didn't hang out together. They no. they they're not like he knows he exists, but he's not really like. Um, so I just googled it, and I just read that Cybok was created by William Shatner. In that movie, um, that, I did Shatner put Shatner conceived that story um, and put that whole thing together. And he based Cybok on remember um, 80s televangelists like Tammy Baker and Jimmy Swagger. I'm reading this on yep. on Screen Rant, um, and so he based them on these like sort of televangelists. Um, and it was a whole Shatner thing. Um, so. I don't know any of that about that movie. I've seen that movie, but a million years ago, right? Um, but okay, so it's Fox's brother, but only he doesn't know him at all. Is what you're telling me, right? Yeah, they're not close at all. Okay, um, and so, but still his brother, right? And Spock's gonna like have yeah. that issue. Um, well, yeah, also, so, so I guess like what I'm getting from this is that so to bring is works in the prison and know he's in there. And Supreme must know, like, I don't know what this means oh, yeah, for Supreme and Spock, is. right? She knows who he is. She knows he's Spock's brother. She knows all this. Like, has she been keeping this for Spock? Thing that we're going to see? I don't know. Uh, no, no. Spock knows that he's there. Because that's, he that that's, he that's how he figured out you know, just based on the little bit of t- information that he was given, that's how he figured out it was Cybok because he knows Cybok's there. Mm-hmm. So it's not a secret. 
I guess. It was just the way they um, the way they did it was for audience shock value. Okay. You know, yeah. that whole waiting till the end to reveal type thing. And the fact that they've mm-hmm. introduced Cybok, I, I got to believe that he's going to escape. <laughs> and he's going to play some kind of part this season, I would think. Well, yes, because you don't introduce that guy and not – so he's like a villain. He's not – so, you know, they, they bring him up and they're like, oh, he's this, he's this Vulcan who rejected logic and embraced emotion, and so he's in prison. But is he really in prison for that? He must have done worse shit, right? Well, like he, it's he's not – He's got to be like a terrorist or a – it's not re- prison. It's a rehabilitation center. Oh, yeah. yeah like where the Chinese <laughs> and the Uyghurs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's in re-education camp. Those always work great. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I agree with you. He's going to have to be a – you don't introduce that guy without him yeah. becoming a character, right? And maybe he won't – this yeah. is episode seven, so will he come back this season? Will he come back next season? Like, who knows, right? Yeah, that's, I mean, yeah, that could, that could definitely be a tease for next season. Yeah. And also, like, um, Captain Angel, is that her name? Jesse, Jesse James Kaisel, yeah, her name is Captain Angel. Like, she knows all about yeah. it. Like, she's like, oh, that's my husband or whatever, which she was kind of whatever, kind of full of shit and some of that what she said, but, like, she she knows all about it. She was trying to, she was trying to free Cybok. Um, yeah. So she, like, people know. So, yeah, yeah he's definitely going to have to come back. So. Yeah, he's yeah. definitely going to be part of, if not the next couple episodes. I don't know how many we're getting. This is already seven, or we're getting maybe ten or twelve. I don't we know. We got okay. ten. We got. Um, we're getting ten. Yeah. So he might be a guy that we see next year. This. Yeah. I mean, this hasn't. I don't know if it's been renewed yet, but it's definitely getting renewed. I think it's really good. I would think so. I enjoy the more episodic nature of this show, Discovery. But, like, Michael Burnham carries a lot of shit for the last three years, right? Like, I kind of like the Adventure of the Week aspect of the more original series aspect of this. It's a more enjoyable watch. Well, yeah, because it's, you know, a show like this, the, the Monster of the Week works because it's the whole point of the show. To discover strange yeah. new worlds. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's certain aspects that carry over, obviously, week to week, but the story yeah. itself, there's never really, there's, there's on, a, on this, there's, I, mean, I think that's why this feels more like the original series than, than Discovery does, because Discovery has a story arc, whereas this is just very episodic, like you were saying. Yeah. So. And, you know, we don't watch a lot of episodic series. Like, we, on this podcast, watch a lot no. of highly serialized shows. And this is yes. really fun and enjoyable. Yes. So, all right. All right. We're that leaves us with, with and now we can Mr. Keno- that leaves us with good old Mr. Kenobi. All right, AJ, how would you like this week's episode? You go first. I loved this episode. I thought it was so yeah. great. 
I was so happy. Oh my God. When Vader went in there and, and pulled down the ship. Oh, I love seeing powerful Vader. I think you didn't like that. the episode. That, for me was, I, you know what, I have a lot of, I have some issues with this show and this episode, and I think it was not that great. I do think you hit on the highlight, which was powerful Vader. Like, seeing Vader at the top of his game, I love that. I, I, I thought it was great. I, I mean, I thought the cinematography was not that great, and they could have maybe done a better job how they shot that, but I liked it. I liked the scenes with Reva, even though I have some issues with the whole storyline, um, I did like that. I that was the highlight for me of this episode. There's other shit that bothered me a lot, um, but I also enjoyed seeing the past um, Obi Wan and Anakin like kind of past thing. You know, like who doesn't love that, right? We got to see like our actors looking a little more. I mean, it was a little too old, but it was great. Um, I liked that also. There are other parts of this story that are bothering me, and in general, I find it kind of not that compelling a story. Like, I'm like, oh, right, we had another rehash of other Star Wars things, and, like, where is the story going? And, like, how do I get from this Obi-Wan to Alec Guinness is still a thing? And I don't know. I I have issues, but I agree the same highlights, I think. Well, you're not going to get from Alec Guinness, Ewan McGregor to Alec Guinness in this series, considering this is taking all of a month, I think. <laughs> I know, I know. So, I And yet we got still, from... Still nine years and 11 months to go. Yeah, I guess Obi-Wan got a little better. I, I don't know. I, I guess... I love the... I love the Darth... The Darth Vader parts of this have, have been highlighted every week, and they are this week, Right. I guess I just feel like yeah. being Obi-Wan Kenobi, like Obi-Wan himself, like what has he really done? Obi-Wan is so boring. Obi-Wan has not done anything. Obi-Wan, he gets a little better, but he, I don't know. I, I just feel like Obi-Wan is not, he's the hero, but he's so he's still so broken in this episode, right? He's still so broken and yeah. so hard for him to face Vader. And I'm like, wait. We only have one episode left. Can he please, like, can we, I don't know. I. Well, he's getting better, number this, one. I mean, you see, at the end the of the episode, he, he I, oh, I know that. But it's also, oh, there's also a rumor that it's going to be over an hour long. Um, I don't know how true that is, but, you know, how rumors go. Um, you know, at the end of the episode, you could, he's, his force sensitivity is definitely getting stronger because he feels something in the force that isn't right. He doesn't know exactly what it is, but he feels something's not right. Um, so that's a I... positive. Um, the thing about Obi-Wan, and, and you want to get from Hugh McGregor to Alec Guinness, well, they're actually starting that. I mean, Obi-Wan has always been very intelligent. I mean, he hasn't done anything physically, but he tells everybody, this is how we survive. I mean, everybody pretty much survives mm-hmm, except for mm-hmm. Kala. Um, yeah. you know, he's like, I know, I know, you know, he's very methodical. I know how Vader thinks. I know what he's going to do. Let me go, you know, turn myself in. It'll give you guys some time to get everything ready. And, I, you know, and then I'll be back, you know, and it worked. It, just like he said it was going to, because he's right. Vader, um, you know, and that was the whole juxtapose with the, uh, 
the sparring session between the two of them, which, by the way, I read afterwards, the choreography from that sparring session is the same choreography from their fight on Mustafar. Really? So they redid yep. that. That's cool. Yep. Look, and I, I enjoyed that the, scene. The part, the part when, um, when Obi-Wan is down on one knee, I caught this on my own, and then I got it confirmed online. Um, <laughs> when Obi-Wan was down on one knee and Anakin is just bashing down on the lightsaber, um, it's very reminiscent of when Luke was bashing down on Vader in Return of the Jedi when, yeah. when he cut his hand off. And the article I was reading about it actually says, clearly Luke learned the lesson where Anakin never did. Because Luke, after he cuts his hand off, he, he stops. He doesn't kill him. He throws his lightsaber down and tells the Emperor, screw you, you're going to have to kill yeah, me. I'm not going to kill yeah. my father. Yeah. I mean, look, almost every episode, every, almost every scene of every, not every scene, but every episode is reminiscent or an homage to previous Star Wars. Yeah. I think to the show's detriment to some point. Some of it's great, some of it's a little to some point, yes. great. Yeah. Most of it, a lot of it's boring. And as for Obi-Wan, like, there's a level on which I appreciate a show about an Obi-Wan who's a little bit broken over his his lost Padawan who turned evil or whatever, but I feel like I'm a little, I don't know, maybe if it hadn't been so tracking with Luke being like, oh, I lost Ben Solo. Well, I'm going to go cry and hide in the corner for the rest of like the next 30 years, right? And like now Obi-Wan is like, oh, my Padawan turned evil. Well, I'm going to cry and be a loser. Like, oh my God, no wonder no wonder the Empire won because all you Jedi are so emo, right? Um, and I, 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 I mean, I guess I just thought that a show about Obi-Wan would be a little more about Obi-Wan. Like, Obi-Wan never does anything. Like, this episode was so, I mean, it, okay, we did see the flashbacks, but we had so much going on in this episode that was, I mean, I really feel like this show is more a show about Reva, the third sister, about, and look, I like Moses Ingram, the actress who plays her. Um, but this episode, the fifth episode, the second to last episode, was mostly about her and really not that much about Obi-Wan. Like, we saw the Obi-Wan flashbacks, and he's like, oh, I've got to get my whatever. And setting aside the part, like, I complain to you every single week that it bothers me that Obi-Wan kind of lost his Force ability, um, and he's got to work it. It's bothering me. Meanwhile, this episode really belonged to Reva, right? And Tala. And look, Tala died. Sad. Reva. How do you feel about the whole Reva storyline? Like, it, aside from the part where it bothers me that she's gotten... This This is called Obi-Wan Kenobi, and I feel like it's really been more her story than his. Honestly, I feel like she's... she's get, I like her. I like the actress. I'm not sure I'm happy where it went this week. How do you feel about all that? Am I overreacting? Is she not um, too much screen time away from Obi-Wan? I'm just not as observant as you, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, how you feel is how you feel. Um, but I liked her storyline. Um, you know, it was like a lot of us had thought, you know, she wasn't, you know, it was confirmed. She was a youngling. Um, I did like the twist that this whole time she's been plotting her revenge against Anakin. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was pretty great. Um, 
not a well-thought-out plan, ultimately, because she waited too long to attack. Of course, we know she can't kill Vader, obviously. Um, well, she they could have just, she you know, but to live. I just felt like she, she waited, like she's on her tippy toes, sneaking up behind him when he's distracted, and I'm thinking, run, just, was just go after him. Like, her, it was a bad plan. plan. He, um, he's the dark, clearly, he's however, the dark lord. I, like, he's... The Sith, the Sith have uh, clearly decided that if you stab somebody through with a lightsaber, um, they'll just die. Um we see how well that worked out for oh, the yeah. Grand Inquisitor. And, so let's and, walk and, away. And Reva, let's just walk away and leave her yeah, here. Yeah. Let's just walk away and let them die. And, and, and they guess what? They don't die because Reva's not dead either. Um, and that's, you know, that's well, kind of I the, the of thing. You, like, what did you think of me? I thought of you when I saw that because we talked last week how you were like, there's rumors that she's going to get her own show and whatever, you know. And so when I watched it, I was like, wait, he's not going to kill her because she's getting her own show. And then he like runs her through with a, with a lightsaber. Like, oh, she's gonna die. How could what is going on here, right? And then at the end, like here comes the Grand Inquisitor and whatever. They're like, oh, we're gonna leave you here in bad 1960s Batman James Bond kind yeah. of move to not kill her. First of all, that you could yeah, be run through with a lightsaber and not die, and they're gonna leave her there, right? Yeah, she's totally gonna. So I'm like, and the show's totally going back to Tatooine next week. She, you know, now that she's figured, you know, found the communicator and figured things out, she's going to go to Tatooine. Obi Wan's going to have to stop her from trying to take Luke and use, you know, and use Luke to get to Vader. So. But see, again, AJ, that makes it her story in a way—not her story, but like, so she's not dead. She got stabbed by Darth Vader's lightsaber, but she's going to live. Right, through the yeah. chest. He ran her through the chest, but whatever, she can live. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, she's going to go to, she found out, which I thought it was very sloppy that she found the little yeah. thing that, you know, I'm like, really? really it's sparkling like, on the ground. I'm like, you're the worst Jedi ever, that you left this super secret communication that you gave no, to just, random but... people and lost. Yeah, well, that's that's and why he, the Obi Wan didn't have it. He's not the one that dropped it. What's his face did? I know, but he shouldn't. Have, I mean, it was just whatever. I mean, that's the thing. Whatever. Yeah. It happens, right? Um, but I was kind of like, wow, this really. So it's gonna move to Tatooine. I, you know, we see we see the young Luke Skywalker sleeping in his little bed. I think that's a red herring. Like, I wonder if Luke Skywalker really has any role in this. Um. Because he, when we meet him in A New Hope, he has no knowledge of Ben Kenobi or anything, right? right? Um, I well, wonder he knows who ben if is. all we, I mean, he's like, oh, crazy Ben who was in the hills is really all he thinks about, yeah. right? Like he doesn't, he doesn't really, yeah. he has no knowledge of Ben Kenobi as any kind of a. a no, and I don't think it's going to get to that point. I think Reva, I, I just think Reva's going to go after Luke. I didn't say she was going to get to him. <laughs> right. Yeah, you're right. Right. And, and all I'm saying is that does this make this a Reva story and not a, you know, not a loop story in a way that, you know, look, I, yeah. I just, it's going to be like interesting I, where this goes because you, you got to, I mean, it's been teased all along. We're going to have this big battle between Vader and Obi-Wan. 
Which another it was, that's another thing. I think this this slow burn to getting Obi Wan back to the Jedi he was is going to come out in the finale. I think you know, um, but I think uh, first Obi Wan's going to have to fight Reva to keep her away from Luke, and then he's got to fight Vader at some point. Which I don't know how they're going to get to him and Vader because Vader is not going back to Tatooine. Vader has said numerous times he will never step foot on that planet again. <laughs> so right? he hates yeah. sand. <laughs> So but I'm not sure thing. how why would, or where why else would Reva go, go after Luke? Why would Reva go after Luke, do you think? Like Reva I already th- has been Reva cannot here's the thing, Reva. Like I like Reva, but we saw this week how she was played. Like, I don't know, a lot play so apparently she has spent her entire life she was a she was a force sensitive she was a youngling. Youngling. Yeah. For some reason, we don't know why she wasn't killed, but somehow she enters the Empire and becomes no, like, no, she, uh, she you played, know, or whatever. She played dead. Yes, you're right. When she they slaughtered all the younglings, she, she, hit, she hit under one of her dead friends mm-hmm. and played dead She herself. ends up entering their program or whatever. She goes through it. Um, she has spent probably at least 10, maybe 15 years trying to get close to Vader so she can kill him, right? Um, I felt a little bit like, so really, Reva, you have killed tens or hundreds or thousands of people, including children, which is worth it to you to kill to Vader. Vader. Yeah. Which kind of bothered me. I'm, like, you saw people I didn't, killed. I didn't, and I didn't say her, her story wasn't problematic. <laughs> okay. And so then she she's like, you know, whatever. Like, then it turns out Vader's like, oh, you didn't know I was here? And I'm like, okay, I get it that, that Vader saw through her. But she also is supposed to be one of the most Force-sensitive people there. Like, she's, she's almost a Grand Inquisitor. She's so close. She's incredibly skilled. She's basically a Jedi, right? Except she's on the wrong side. She's so skilled. She's so – I'm like, wait, you didn't see that Vader? Like, I don't know. To me, it was a little bit – it just felt a little – I get it. It's six episodes. We can't really delve into yeah. her and Vader's, like, forced sensitivity against each other. But it seemed like when they needed it to play out, they were like, oh, yeah, you're dumb. Like, how did you not know? Um, and and then for Vader to leave her alive bothered me. Do you think Vader would leave her alive? Like, Darth Vader has killed tons and tons of people, including a bunch of little children and whatever, right? And and Vader, and also this guy, the Grand Inquisitor, who's like, oh, Reva, you undermined me forever. You're a total bitch. We'll leave you here. Like, I get it, because, like, doesn't mean I won't watch her show. I like her show. Um... And I think her show must be a prequel because what is there to watch between yeah. this and A New Hope, right? It's got to be. Yeah, um, and the more I thought about you... her possibility of her show could be interesting because I'm thinking it could, you know, it would be kind of cool, I think, because we would get to see what it's like for the younglings and other Jedi who turned, you know, to become – Inquisitors. I think that could, that could actually be a pretty good show. That could be pretty cool, yeah, how she got to where she is. That'd be interesting. Um, how'd you like Leia in this episode? Uh, she just I sat like, inside a little box and 
Plato's Mars. Well, yeah, I felt like I felt like really there's no one on this entire planet or this rebel base or whatever who can do like they're like, oh, we need somebody to go with the breakers or whatever. And Leia's like, I'll do it. And I'm like, oh, so fit. you're in. Well, I know, but really, there's nobody who else can fit. If nobody can fit, why did they put it in there in the first place? Why don't they put it in a more accessible location if no one can fit in there? Yeah, um, well. And I also felt like, okay, so now she's an engineer and she's going to go in there or whatever. Like, well, they told, I don't know. They told I, her I mean, what get, to do. They did. I guess I felt like this is a, like, let's get Leia out of the way kind of thing. Like, I don't know. Well, I early in the, in the season, I really thought it was a brilliant idea to focus on Leia and not on Luke. And I still kind of agree with that. But I feel like they've lost a little bit of focus on what's going on here. Like, is it Leia? Well, I mean, honestly, I mean, once you, once you save Leia, she doesn't need to be central anymore. You know what I mean? Like, she still, oh, you yeah. know, she still had something to do, but she's, but now you know, she's and she's dead. a little badass princess. She's a little badass princess, but that, at the same time, she's still 10. <laughs> you know? Yeah. She's not really central to anything other than being protected. So give her something to do and set her aside for the episode kind of thing, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, look, we've talked a lot. We like that kid. That kid is a great little actress. Little, again, little because she's 10. Um, and I like her. I don't know. I just don't, I just don't feel like this, ep- this is a great show. I feel like Disney is not doing with Star Wars what they could be doing. Like, I don't know. I I feel like this Obi Wan Kenobi show is not really giving me what I want about Obi Wan. Like uh, every episode is like I like Reva. I watch a Reva show, but this should have been this show should have been called The Inquisitor and been about that. And but like, well, I guess we'll have to wait and see how they finish it out tomorrow. Hmm. I guess we will. It's tomorrow. Oh my god! It's tomorrow. Oh my god! Speak, speaking of finales blowing us away. So Junie yeah. just turned 20. She was here Sunday for her birthday. And mm-hmm. I came wow. partway into a conversation. Yeah, I know. Came partway into a conversation between Junie and Artie. And I was like, what show are you guys talking about? And they're like, oh, the 100. <gasps> oh, no. How far have they gotten? Where are they? Uh, Junie, Junie and her boyfriend are... In season three, Jaha just got back from um, city of the city of light. The, uh, city of light, yeah. Light. Yeah. When you really, really start to hate him. Yeah. And the best, and so Artie's like, he's like, so, so you know, who's your, uh, so who's your favorite character? And Junie and her boyfriend are like, oh, definitely Lincoln. <laughs> Where they're at oh, two no. episodes before Lincoln. Where they're at is two episodes before Lincoln dies. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. And then Lincoln's death drives everything that happens with Octavia for the whole uh-huh. rest of the show. Oh, my God. You know, it's funny. I hadn't, oh my God. I, hadn't, I hadn't really – it's so funny, actually. I hadn't really thought about it because I was like, you know, I think the last good season is four. 
I was like, and then season five was awful, and they nailed the finale. And then season six was awful, and they nailed the finale. And then season seven was just awful. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, uh, you know, I, mean, I, said to Junior, I was like, you know, it's, I was like, the first two seasons, I could not get enough of this show. I thought this was such a oh, yeah. brilliant show. And they, lo- I, was like, I was like, you know, I was like, and this is the perfect example of a show where it outlived what it should have. Which, you know, is why when I found out that Snowpiercer next season is the final season, I was ecstatic. Yes. The, the 100 should have been three and done. Could have been maybe well four. They they probably could have gotten away with four. Maybe four. But then again, if they if they but then again, if their if their plan was to always end up where they ended up, no, they could have just stopped at three and got canceled. Their plan. (laughs) Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, but right where they are, like right where Jaha, that's when you really start to hate the show. When you really start to be like, yeah, I mean, I I wasn't crazy about. I wasn't. I wasn't crazy about the AI storyline, but it wasn't awful. I just did, it just wasn't my favorite thing. It wasn't that it was bad. It was just that I didn't really like it. No, and I remember really when you and I were like, this sucks, this sucks, this sucks. Great ending. Sucks, sucks, sucks. Great ending. Yeah. I also remember you saying very early on, like, how long can this go on? And so for you to, like, have your kids watching it now, and you've got to bite your tongue, right? Like, your well, kids are watching that's, it. That's, that's on, yeah, that's on her. That, that's, that's her choice. <laughs> I had nothing to do with it. Like, Artie started watching it at one point. Actually, Artie started watching it before Season 7 premiered. And, I, you know, I think he stopped watching, like, right after Lincoln got killed. <laughs> he was like, I'm not watching this yeah, show yeah. anymore. Because <laughs> I, I had him watch Dark Matter, and he knew going in that it was canceled. I was like, I don't care. I know it's canceled. I think like, you still got to watch it. You're going to love it. And, you know, he got to the end of Dark Matter. He was like, this is some bullshit. (laughs) They canceled it, yeah. He's like, why do they always cancel such really good shows and keep the crap on? You know, it was really hard being a parent, like starting your kid in a show and being like, should I let him watch it? Should I not let him watch it? Should I? What should I do here? It was good for a long time, and there's some instructive things here, but will you be mad at me? Yeah. I get it, man. You, I mean, your stewardship of the next generation. Never mind teaching about right and wrong, AJ. Teach about TV. It's important. Sorry, we had a we had a fun movie okay. night the other night. Uh, me, uh, me, Damon, and Artie, we watched Jaws. Have, have your kids Got not Damon seen started. Jaws yet? Artie saw Jaws, but Damon hadn't seen yeah. it yet. So Damon, we watched it. The, we, sorry, sat, did, we sat, the three of us sat in the living room and watched it the other night. I'm sorry, did you say he's nine years old right now? How old is he right now, Dana? Eight. He's eight still. And Jaws was... Eight. So I think... So I think I saw Jaws when I was, like, maybe 10. I was going to say there's a part that's like, oh, Jaws, is he old enough to see Jaws? But and when I think about it, yeah, he's old enough to see Jaws. Jaws is not, you know, especially nowadays where kids see... He probably sees more realistic things. Like, if he watched, like... I don't know, what's that movie, Frozen, or, like, Lion King, Yeah, probably has more realistic scenes in animation than that shark was when we saw uh-huh. it, right? Well, that's, you know, I mean, and that's the thing about Jaws. I mean, the, the funny thing about Jaws, first of all, back in 1975, that was a PG rating. <laughs> that was PG? People get totally that was PG. 
back back in the <laughs> but the, that was but that's the great thing about Jaws. Until they're on the boat, at the end, you never actually see anybody get getting eaten. Yeah, you see blood in the water and you see people going under and everything, but you never actually see the shark eating somebody until that last no, scene. That that's what makes it a horror movie. Like that's like a that's yeah. like a like a ghost. That's a horror movie. Like you don't see it. Yeah, you know it's. That, also, that's, that's also an Spielberg has said he had argument. Spielberg had no movie. That's that's a, that's Spielberg been an age no old money. argument forever. Is is people that you know people people that consider Jaws to be a horror movie and people that consider it not to be. I think it's a horror movie. <laughs> I mean, I think it's a horror movie, and I think it's very much like Alien. Like you never see the monster until the very yeah, end. Yeah, exactly. And now, those always and those were always the great ones. And so you, you don't see the monster until the end is what always made it more ominous. Yeah, Actually, I mean, you know, it's also, a funny thing. Yeah. Go ahead. It's also what? Go ahead. I mean, it's also because Spielberg had no money to show the shark or to spend money on the shark, and he had to, like, well, right. make a movie that was more about, you Very know. Very true. Um, yeah. Anyway, the kids, the kids like the funniest. It. The funniest. Yeah, yeah. Because um, Artie saw it when he was about eight, so we we were like, we've been trying to get Damon into it. You know, it's funny actually. Artie said because he felt he feels like he, you know, he's like me. He likes horror horror movies and everything. And he feels like he's more the way he is because he, I, you know, I never really thought about it, but you know, because it was on it was on cable television, and me, Junie, and Artie, when Artie was like six, we were watching Vampire Diaries. Artie's watching people's hearts yeah. get ripped out of their chest when he was six. So. <laughs> I think about it now, and I'm like, oh, I was a bad parent, wasn't I? Uh, but he actually, he looks at it as, you know, like, and it was, you know, it's, the C, it's CW, and, you know, special effects. So it's like, yeah, yeah. you know? No, so, but he, he constitutes yeah. that as why he, you know, enjoys it so much now and isn't afraid of things because he was, you know, so and the Damon's the exact opposite because Damon hasn't been exposed to a lot of that stuff. So that we were recently talking, and we were like, we need to watch Jaws with this kid and get him started. <laughs> but the funniest part of the whole thing was there's side boob in the beginning of the movie when to go swimming at the beginning of the movie when she takes her shirt off. In Jaws? And really? Damon, in Jaws. Yeah, I completely forgot. I thought she had a bathing suit on. And I completely forgot that she's topless. And Damien goes, Whoa! <laughs> and I was like, uh oh. And so you're like you're like, I don't care if my kid sees like people getting eaten by sharks, but there's I didn't well, ask no, I, I mean, I, if it's look, okay for side I, dude. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, I didn't have I'm a problem with it. It was him. Funny. He was no I know. He was it was just so funny. He goes why would uh, and it wasn't even so much that there was cyborg. He was more concerned with the fact why would she go swimming without a top on. He was more concerned about that. Why I was like because there's nobody around. But she's a girl. Yeah, he's a little kid. <laughs> Gotta be young. The girls being covered. And, yeah. And he's like, yeah, to like, be young. To go to a nude beach is a philosophical thing that he's not discussed with you yet. And yeah. Yeah. That's hilarious. So, and so anyway. he's, way more, he's way more horrified by side boob than, like, a shark eating the shit out of that yes. girl one minute later. Yes. That's hilarious. <laughs> it is funny, right? <laughs> so, anyway. 
I think we've uh, veered off the path, but uh, we have. Yeah, time. We got a bunch of shows to talk about next that's week, okay. so we'll be here with that. Yeah. Yep. Same. Right. Uh, oh no, not same. No Stranger Things, but we've got the other three. We've got the finale of Kenobi. We've got episode three of Miss Marvel, Strange New Worlds, episode eight. I don't think there's anything maybe, else. I don't think there's anything else coming. Maybe we'll somehow watch something one of us will talk about, but I don't think there's anything coming up, yeah. I might go to yeah, see like, Unrelated. It, I might go to see Top like, Gun. But. Oh. A friend of mine saw that, and they said it was really, really good. I, I read that you should see it on the most giant screen possible. Like, definitely, if you're going to see it, like, don't watch it on your – don't wait for your crappy little TV, right, or your laptop or your phone. Like, go see this movie. My TV isn't screen. crappy. I got big TV. Look, my TV's not crappy either, but it's not a movie screen. It's not a movie theater, right? Well, no. And I read, no. I read like, if you're going to see it, go to a movie theater. Some might see it, but, you know, not, it's not pod-worthy, podcast-worthy. Yeah. I might do it. We'll see. You know, my, my life is a little bit, like, I spend most of my life on Route 95 right now. So we'll see, but yeah. um, I'm going to try. <laughs> um, and we've got our three shows next week and new stuff coming. So, all right. All right. All right. Great talking well, to you until, and Jamie. Good night. Until next week. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Have a fun week, and uh, we'll see you here next Tuesday. Good night. All right. Good night.